Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Dr. Felice Gersh. Felice Gersh, MD, is a rare combination of an award-winning physician, board certified both in OBGYN and in integrative medicine. Her educational background includes an undergraduate degree from Princeton, a medical degree from the University of Southern California School of Medicine, and a two-year fellowship in integrative medicine at the University of Arizona School of Medicine. Dr. Gersh has dedicated her career to women, focusing on the aspects of women's health which are unique, underappreciated and poorly managed. She's the medical director of the Innovative Integrative Medical Group of Irvine, leading her team of skilled holistic practitioners. Dr. Gersh is a sought-after national and international speaker, a published writer of book chapters, and a prolific blogger. She's been featured on numerous web summits, podcasts, and radio shows, and has her own segment, A Healthy Perspective, heard weekly on Los Angeles AM Radio, KRLA 870. Her first book on PCOS will be available late 2018. I was so impressed with Dr. Gersh, and after hearing her story, I was even more excited to get her on the show. She's going to share a story about something that can unfortunately happen to a lot of us, but she's also going to share what she learned so that hopefully it won't happen to you. Got you curious? I hope so. Here we go. I am so excited to be spending time with Dr. Felice Gersh. We've been chatting a little bit about, of course, our topic here, betrayal. And she is, uh, I am so looking forward to the wisdom she's going to share about her own experience and areas of expertise. So welcome, Dr. Gersh. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to join you. Thank you. So tell us about your relationship with your betrayer and how it evolved over time. Well, it was an unusual sort of an evolution of a relationship. My betrayer was my patient. So that's unusual. She's a physician and she was in training. She was in her residency to become an OBGYN doctor. And she became pregnant. And I took care of her. I delivered her baby. And she continued through her training. And we, of course, had a very close relationship as a doctor-patient relationship. And then when she completed her training, she informed me that she wanted to go into practice in the same area that we were both living in. And that's where she was living. She was actually commuting into Los Angeles from Orange County, where my practice was and where I lived, and that's where she lived. And so she didn't want to move and she didn't want to keep commuting. That's a pretty good distance to commute every day. And so she said, she actually approached me as, could I join you in your practice? And I said, well, you know, we definitely have to change our relationship here, you know, but I don't see why we can't evolve. And instead of being a doctor and a patient, we become peers and we become partners ultimately. So we went through a very brief negotiation and she became my employed doctor. And she also became my best friend. So it was really many different stages of this relationship. And I really considered her my best friend and we shared everything together. And she was with me for the next two years. So we'd already known each other for uh, about three years before that or so. And then she was with me for two years until the day that she told me she was walking out the door very, very suddenly with no expectations of that on my part. I was in complete fantasy land, mm. <laughs> thinking that everything was great, when obviously, for quite some time, she was strategizing 
and planning to create a competing practice in the same general area, basically utilizing all of the systems that I had created and put in place in my practice. And she just basically took everything I had in terms of forms. She even, these were the days of paper charts. Mm -hmm. And she actually went through and took the charts, the paper charts out of the office. And I came in and it was very devastating to say the least. So how did you find out? I mean, what was the evolution of this? Well, it was just completely sudden one day. She had access to everything in the office. She had a key, she had everything. There was no restrictions on her whatsoever. So I came into the office one morning on a Monday and I found that there were just loads and loads of charts missing. And she gave me a phone call and said, I've decided to set up a different practice and I've taken all my patients with me. It's like, well, you were my employed doctor and many of these patients had seen both of us. So basically any patient that she had ever seen, she decided was her patient and she just took the chart. And apparently she had from the get go, this was all on her planning strategy because she had kept records of every single patient she'd ever seen. She had the names. And so she was able to just go through the charts and just take every patient that she'd ever seen the chart for it. Wow. And what was your initial, I mean, how do you react to something like that? What was your response? What was your reaction? Well, I think it's through the stages of grief. (laughs) You know, there was the disbelief. There was the shock. It's like, this can't really be happening. You know, this can't be a new reality because we were discussing, you know, she was going to become at the end of two years of being an employee doctor. And I gave her the most generous package on the planet. She was going to become a full equal partner. And, you know, there was not even any buy-in. She was just like, okay, you're my partner. And in fact, during the two years, I bent over backwards to accommodate her. So mostly I was on call every holiday. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I was really trying to make her feel good. So whenever there was a question, I ended up putting it on my back. You know, I I took the worst days and the holidays and, and things like that. And so it was just a total shock. And, you know, this was someone who I really thought was not only my employed doctor, but soon to be my equal partner doctor and my best friend. And we were going to be working together forever, you know. So it was mostly just great dismay and shock. And then, of course, it did evolve and it changed from that into a pretty deep level of, um, you know, just deep sadness and mixed with anger. You know, so it was a blend of every negative emotion (laughs) you can conceive of is what I went through experiencing. And and it was it was a heartbreak, you know, so um, and I looked at it from so many levels because not only was it a personal betrayal and broke my heart, but from a business point of view, I had to salvage my business because she was basically like raping my business. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. How did it affect you financially? It's hard to exactly say because it was in a growth mode, but it's no question that it was negative financially. It was a terrible thing because she had 
taken a lot of the patients and, you know, and I played her up because I felt very good about her. So I purposely referred lots and lots of patients to her and I said wonderful things about her. So I couldn't like turn around and say, by the way, the doctor that was working with me for the last two years was really a terrible doctor. I don't know why I ever brought her on board. I, I could never say anything negative ever about her to a patient. So I just had to swallow it, you know, patients who followed her, there was nothing I could do or say. I I couldn't speak badly about her. But one of the other things that really hurt, this was so painful, is that, you know, this is a small community of doctors and especially OBGYN doctors. We all knew each other. So she had to justify to other doctors in our community, like why she up and left me, right? Like, so there has to be an explanation. Right. And so she just made up, stuff. you know how that can be, yeah, I'm sure, wow, you know. Yeah. So she said, well, I couldn't possibly stay. The arrangement was so unfair. I mean, it was like, it was so the opposite of unfair. It was so- yeah. And how did you deal with that? How did you handle that when that information came your way? I kept quiet. I, I could not say, you know, if, I, I couldn't. Um, it, well, the thing is that people didn't approach me directly. You know, it was just very, very indirectly that I heard that she was saying things like, you know, I couldn't stay there. You know, that I never heard that she said I was a bad doctor or I was a bad person or that mm-hmm. type of thing. But it was all like financial, like, well, I couldn't possibly take that arrangement. It was so unfair to me. And it was the opposite. You know, it was incredibly generous. And I couldn't really you know, how do you attack these things, you know, and still look like you're reputable. And now, you know, and this is interesting because as a doctor, you know what those emotions do to you and what they can do to your health. So how did you, how did you manage the emotions or what impact did it have on your health? I just suffered through it. I guess would really be the right thing. I, I just kept plowing ahead. I ended up being so busy trying to replace her. I ended up, you know, finding other doctors to replace her and re- kind of replace the patients that she took with her and rebuild the whole thing that I was always in a whirlwind of, of activity. I had so much on my plate that I guess I couldn't afford to become ill. I guess <laughs> how I looked at it. I couldn't afford to slow down. I not only was a business owner, a full-time doctor, I was also a full-time mom and I had children to take care of and a household to run and so forth. So I just kept going. I guess my motto was you just have to keep going and you can't, you can't just sit and stew in your juices. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to just keep moving forward. So I guess it was the keep a stiff upper lip mm-hmm, <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. an approach, you know, like you're strong, you can do this, you can plow through this. So I would feel really sad and bad and all that internally, but I never let it slow me down. I just mm-hmm. kept going. And, you know, as best I could, I tried to live an example that I was very generous and I was um, upstanding and I didn't do anything to harm this doctor who really harmed me. And I, I understood and I, I'd seen it. And then I found out that a couple of doctors had approached her from like the very beginning when she joined me. I learned this later. Mm-hmm. That they said, why would you want to work for someone when you could start your own? You'll do so much better if you have your own business than joining someone else. And they actually went through sort of a, um, 
uh, a training where they told her, well, what you do is, and exactly what I said, wow. you start from the beginning and you keep a record of every single patient you've seen. You keep their name, their contact information, everything about them. So you keep a running list of every patient you've ever seen so that when you leave, you can contact them directly. So she was from the very beginning being trained on how to eventually leave. Yes. And this wow. I learned later that she, this was from the very beginning that she was scheming, that she took all of my um, my systems because there was a lot that I developed myself mm -hmm. in terms of recall, in terms of notification of how to keep records of patients being notified of pap smears and different lab tests. So I had all these forms I created and patient education forms and things for my medical records. I developed a lot myself mm -hmm. and basically everything I developed was taken, but you know, right. nothing had a patent on it. You know, like it, it was just things that I developed that were my proprietary things. And there was something that was signed, you know, that said, you know, that you're not supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that to go and sue somebody for stealing your proprietarily developed forms and so on is not easy because not only do you have to show that they stole them, but you have to actually show monetary damages, which is really hard when you're still in a growing state. You know, it's really hard to prove how much money you've lost and hiring a lawyer and going through the legal proceedings alone can easily cost $200,000 plus, you know, the emotional toll that it takes to go through lawsuits and so on. And in California, there is a law that says that any doctor can set up indirect competition to another doctor. Like they could open up right next door to you. Mm -hmm. and they're allowed to notify. They're not supposed to solicit, but it's a fine line between notification and solicitation. Right. So that's why they keep a list of every patient that they've seen so that any patient that they've ever seen and they have their contact information, their address, their phone number, they're legally allowed to contact that patient to say, I've relocated. So basically, the more patients they see, even for one visit, you know, they don't, they could be my patient who I did surgery on, I did everything with, but they just saw them for one visit that suddenly they, they can notify that patient. And then they keep track and they can notify them. Wow. So so now I can imagine there's so much anger there and so much, uh, just so many emotions. How did you, how did those emotions develop over time? I and mean, how did, what happened after that? Because I can imagine here you are spending all this time building this business, trusting this person to go into this business with you with the best of intentions. How'd you make peace with that? What'd you do? I think I never totally did make peace with it. It was more that you just come to a state of this is what it is, you know. I never went through a forgiveness thing. <laughs> I never did where I said, you know what, I forgive you. I never went through that because I've never really forgiven her. But, you know, like everything in life, you adapt and you adjust and you move on. But I can say that I would not go out of my way to like if I ran into her in the market or something, mm -hmm, I would mm -hmm. go over and say, hi, how are you? I mean, I wouldn't do that. But, you know, we lived in the same general circles for a long time. And so if I were in the same room with her, I kept it very, very simple. I always wanted to say I was above board, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would say, hello, how are you? But I would never go beyond that, you know? And I never went through the community. I never did what she did. I never said one negative word in public, you know, 
there were like one or two close friends that I shared my feelings and the experience with. But in terms of general doctors in the community, I never, I never said anything. I just felt that that would lower me. And so I, I just accepted that there would be doctors who believed that I was somehow cheating her or ripping her off or something. Mm-hmm. But, but nobody ever came to me and said, oh, I heard that this doctor left you because you were cheating her or you were not paying her what she was worth or anything. So it was not something that I could easily fight, you know, or refute because it was always quiet behind the scenes. So, you know, I just did the best I could to keep going on. I mean, it's it's really impossible to battle those things, you know, like I can see how there are occasional people who take out a front a full page in the newspaper to put their story out. You can see like, wanting to. <laughs> I can see that. Yes, it's like, I would like to tell my story, but, you know, what do you do? And, you know, I've just tried to live the best life. And I said, you know what? I, there's some things in this world you, you just have to accept. Uh, what can I say? I've been very successful. I've moved on. But mm-hmm. there's still, I mean, it's still when I even think about it, it's funny. It's a little bit like post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is mm-hmm. because it was such a powerful thing and it was so unexpected. And I'd never, I never heard of people doing that to other people, you know, especially professionals. When it's not even in our realm of consciousness, we're blindsided because we don't see it coming. Now, how long ago was this? How long ago did oh it happen? Oh my gosh, it's so long ago. It's okay. like 30 years ago. <laughs> you know, it's really ancient history. Yeah, but that's okay. Have you seen her recently, him or her recently? No, it's okay. actually been a few years. Mm-hmm. I, it's, okay. it's been a few years since since I saw her. So I, I'm not sure that she's actually working now. She may have retired. Okay. And looking back, is there anything you would have done differently? Because, of course, everybody who's yeah. listening, if they could benefit and learn and, and prevent something, they surely want to. Is there anything you would have done differently? You know, I think that I would have had fewer assumptions. I think that I assumed everything. I assumed she was happy. I assumed she wanted to stay. I assumed that my goals were her goals. I, you know, I assumed too much. And I think that if I could do it over again, I would have had a serious conversation from the get-go of, well, what are your long-term goals? Instead of assuming they were the same as mine, you know, we would work together forever. You know, it's like, what are you looking for? What do you want? I think if I had a more conversational approach in terms of what are you really looking for, maybe it would have come out that really what she was looking for was to start her own practice. Or maybe you would have seen a very shifty-eyed look and you would have been clued into something, perhaps, who knows, we never know. But then again, these things usually are in our best interest somehow. We never see it at the time, but later on, we we understand what was meant to learn from it. So looking back at this episode in your life, is there some sort of benefit or something you see now that's positive because of what happened? Well, you know, it's the same old expression about, you know, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And I think that going through that made me realize that, yeah, you know what, I could sort of deal with this. This was such an attack on so many levels, you know, personal and professional, that I could withstand most anything. And and it made me focus on the things that are the most important in my life, which are taking care of my patients and my family. And that, you know what, and I've been around long enough now, because I was really at the beginning of my career. I was really, I wasn't out that 
long myself. You know, I was still really a, a young junior doctor. And I understand now having seen other kinds of situations where people have joined businesses and then have spawned their own businesses off of them and, and taken clients, you know, because that's not that rare it, because what happened to me seems so unique. And now I realize it's not that unique. This has been done since the beginning of time in businesses where people bring in partners, they bring them in as juniors, they train them, they nurture them, and then they stab them in their back, you know, the junior guy and takes as much as they can from the senior and then goes off and starts their own practice and, you know, business, whatever it is, it could be any kind of business. This is not a rarity, unfortunately, in the business world. This has happened over and over. And, and I've seen this since this happened to me. I've seen this happen to other doctors mm-hmm. where they've taken in junior doctors and nurtured them and helped them. And then they did the same thing. So mm. I felt maybe less special, you know, but it's kind of nice, you know, to think, well, you know what, this is maybe a dark spot in humanity that people will do this. People will use other people. And I was used but other people have been used. And then the people who are the users, the abusers are going to always come up with some concocted story of why they can justify being the abuser, right? So that they can look good. So it it made me realize, I've seen as time has gone by, how this is not the most unique situation and that um, it wasn't even personal, that Mm -hmm. I just happened to be the easy target for this, you know? and that this has happened to other doctors and other businesses. So that's helped to give me perspective and help to keep it from being quite as personal as I took it. Right. And, and we also realize we're so much stronger than we think. Is there anything else you want to make sure we include before we wrap up? Well, I think that you can't go into relationships with the expectation that they're going to end up badly. I think we have to be brave and we have to just accept that sometimes people will betray us. But if we don't have that relationship that we could lose or be betrayed by, then we will never have any relationships, right? You know, I'm sure that you've talked and you know of people where there's marriages where there's betrayals, but what are you not going to fall in love? You're not going to have a relationship. So I think that we just have to swallow hard and accept that betrayal is possibility in every relationship, but that cannot stop us. So I would never let that stop me. I wouldn't want that to stop anyone out there that, you know, that you just have to be strong. And if something like this happens, you just move forward with your life. But having relationships is what makes life worth living. So we have to risk it, you know, and if we are, you know, harmed, we have to be resilient. Beautiful. And remember, it's so true. We keep out the bad guys. We keep out the good guys, too. So a beautiful message of resilience and rebuilding. Dr. Gersh, I want to thank you so much for your time and just sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you. I want to thank Dr. Gersh so much for being on the show today. She's another example of someone using their betrayals to make them stronger, wiser, and better. To learn more about Dr. Gersh, head over to Felice Gersh 
pbtinstitutemd.com. I'll have her contact information and more in the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. So be sure to stop by there. Here's my biggest takeaway. Never assume you're on the same page as someone else, even if it seems like you are. Ask questions to understand someone's intentions. Their responses can be very telling. If you haven't already, head over to pbtinstitute.com to receive my gift to you, how your biggest crisis reveals your greatest gift, and let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.